All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. We have all kinds of things to talk about. Spring training. Kaprizov is the real deal. We'll talk Timberwolves trade possibilities, Vikings salary cap, and the UEFA Champions League. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, man. I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Um, we had Jordan from 93X on uh, this week in our earlier episode. We went super long and super nerdy. It was amazing. It was one of my favorite episodes we've had in some time. So mm-hmm. everyone go check that one out. What a great episode it was. Um we need to have him back again because he was just classic. Jordan should really take my place on the podcast. Like if oh, he wanted yours, to listen, he was mine. fantastic. I think that people should just listen to Jordan's podcast. Yeah, they really should. <laughs> he has a great podcast of his own, but he graced us with his presence and was fantastic and definitely could hang with anything we tried to throw at him. Yeah. On the other hand, he's only got seven episodes. We've got like 460 in the backlog, so he's got a little catching up to do. He's got some catching up, yes. He's logged some actual radio hours, which is pretty That's true. He's, he's a, I mean, doing the Nordies podcast is probably the peak of his career. I think we all can agree <laughs> on that. Um, but he'll get there. Yeah. Lana Del Rey, you know, who cares? All the his stories of all the amazing people he's interviewed. Well, now he's been on with us. He's been on the hottest podcast in Northeast Minneapolis. So. That's a big deal. All right, guys, we have lots to talk about. Before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. And also, please, please, please give us that five-star review. We've been asking for it for a while. It's getting awkward. We need it. You give it to us. Thank you. I know they're going to do it now. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys, (laughs) we are drinking some fun beers tonight. What are you guys drinking over at your place? Oh, I'm drinking. You guys remember this series, the the Black Stack Ken Burns presents? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like crazy, crazy thick boys, man. Fruit, like it's mostly fruit. Less beer, more fruit. This one's pineapple, passion fruit, mango fruit. Uh, six point three percent. It's just thick. It's very, very tasty. Obviously, it's a splitter. Even at a sixteen ounce can, it's a splitter. But it's it's good. Very good. I went to France forty four. And I saw the can, and I could not resist. And it has nothing to do with the brewery. Like, I didn't even recognize it at first until I saw the can. It is Acid Factory from Arbiter Brewing. Um, I'm drinking the Peach Sour Ale, which comes in at a very scant 4.0% ABV, and it is delicious. It is a perfect peach sour, and I love it. Cool. I had it yesterday. It was a delicious beer. Shout out to my boy Darth and uh, his crew over at Arbiter doing some great work. Guys, they are killing it because every one of their crawlers is like so reasonably priced that it seems like uh, I should tell them to like jack the price up almost because they're coming in that cheap. They, they also had probably, I want to say like seven, six or seven beers at France 44, which... Impressive. That that was the same amount that like junkyard had, so I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, good stuff. All right, I am drinking. Um, I think I mentioned this last week, but it was so good I really wanted to talk about it and give it to, its due on the podcast. I'm having modest half believing in gravity. This is a tangerine pink guava fruited Berliner, and boy oh boy do I like Berliners. That is a beer that just doesn't get enough play. It's like. Um, got the fun stuff of a sour, but like it, I don't know. It's just like the least played out beer and I feel like everyone should be doing more of it. Um, this is a really good one. And so I'm happy to, happy to be having it on the podcast. Always modest is always doing some, some really good stuff. Well, that's your guys, uh, your guys from barrel theory. They, they love them. Some Berliner they, and they do it. They do it well. They do it so well and they can just do every flavor. So, um, all right guys, we're going to jump into some news. Uh, the first one is. Uh, the Gophers basketball team sucks. <laughs> what? what a disappointment. They were like, like 17th or something like two months ago, 
and now every team in the world beats them. Uh, they're awful, and uh, Patino is a dead man walking. Did you hear he I told so. the team to say goodbye to him or something dramatic? He was like, this is probably it, guys. He uh, told that to the team. Oh, he's just hes just a horrible coach. Um, I can't wait for him to be gone. Uh, there are some cool options. I know we've talked about him in the past on here. I think his name is Brian Dusher, who is the coach at Jose State, is one of the main guys. Um, he is is like a $9 million buyout or something like that for every team in the country, except for the Gophers. He has a $1 million buyout. So he wants to come here, but his last name is Dusher? D-U-T-C-H-E-R, Dusher. I don't know how he does it. Dutcher? I'm sure it's, yeah, he pronounces it with some finesse, I imagine. But anyways. <laughs> He's a great coach, though. Um, San Diego State doesn't sound like the best program, but if you remember before the pandemic, they were like a top five team in the country who was supposed to get like a one or two seed in the tournament. Um, they've had a great record. They're still in the top 25. So he's been great there. Uh, he's a, his dad was a former Gophers coach and he went, went to U of M. So he really come here. Another guy uh, is Musselman, uh, the Arkansas coach whose dad was a famous coach of the Gophers. Um, a lot of people think he'll want to come here, but Arkansas has been a really good program the last few years. Might be hard to pry him away. I think the biggest problem is just going to be paying the buyout of Patino sounds like the university is short on cash in the athletic department right now and they're actually going to donors trying to get money to fire patino and bring in a new coach and so i feel like the situation is kind of a mess right now for the gophers and it just it just feels like everything has flipped so drastically since january what a terrible flip uh what a terrible turn of events here for the gophers yeah, it's not really fun to watch. I mean, it, I did watch a little bit of this last game. You know, they, they were down so far. They got back into it, clawed into it, just made stupid-ass mistakes to go to overtime, and then they just got blown out in overtime, and that's this, that's the game. I mean, that's there's not a good product. It's not fun to watch. Um, you know, they have a couple good players, and these players aren't consistent, so when they don't play out of their minds, we get blown out. The, the Gophers have always been on, we, you know, we joke about plan A for the Wild. That is, any time, except for, I think, one season, the Gophers have always been a plan A team, which mm-hmm. is do really well, suck down the stretch, early exit from the Big Ten tournament, scrape your way into the NCAA tournament, lose in the first round. I mean, it, it, it it's the same story over and over with Patino again, except for one season. Even the, year they got the, even the oh, year they twice. got the five seed yeah, was was like a mercy killing because they put them up against, the, was it Middle Tennessee State, I think, yeah. knowing that they were going to get absolutely demolished by this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just like everything about Patino had – great potential up front and has sucked for the last five years for the most part. Has been bad. Yeah, it turns out if he can't use like strippers and blow like his dad did, then he doesn't quite have the same powers. So better get somebody else that can actually coach and recruit. Or someone who can get strippers and blow. <laughs> that would be fine. I don't give a fuck. Don't ask, don't tell. All right. Uh, Gophers hockey is uh, another one we've been talking about all year. They finished the season ranked in the top five. They're two seeds, sadly, in the Big Ten tournament behind their bitter rivals, the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, they've been a little inconsistent, splitting this weekend with a good Michigan team. Uh, go for hockey. Uh, does Do they move the needle for you guys at all, or is this just too niche of a sport for you to give a fuck? It's tough, man. I tried to watch it. I watched a little bit. I probably watched a, a period the whole season. Um if there was some big tournament coming up, I would I would try to watch that. Yeah. So next week, this next weekend is the Big Ten tournament, which will be okay. okay. And then I believe the next weekend is the NCAA tournament, which they will get into. And so right. I, so I think I'll try to watch that for sure. Maybe both. That's pretty fun. All right. Uh, also, guys, the Twins are underway. Spring training is officially going. Um, they play like random amounts of innings, which I find really weird. Like I turned on the game today, and they were like. This game is scheduled for eight innings, but we will see how everyone is feeling later in the game. <laughs> That's what they do. So who who decides to call it? Like one of the managers just goes up, hey, you guys good? I don't know. I don't like 
spring training is just the wild west. They have like 200 guys on their roster. They just games are different lengths of time. I don't know. It's so me. It seems like they're not taking things very seriously. I am a proponent of baseball season should be like 50 games instead of 162. And they should just burn the record. Well, it can be it can be eighty two games. I mean, it should, I don't think it needs to be shorter than like a you know NBA, NBA season, season or an um, NHL season. long. It should be thirty games, like college basketball. I mean, like we just we we yeah. want we want the seasons to drag on and drag out, and then we complain that the level of play isn't as good. Like, mm-hmm. I well, but I think I think Eric, if you went to go to a Twins game and it was fifty dollars for cheap seats, you wouldn't want to go. Um, I would rather go to one good Twins game a year than three bad ones. Well, I think that's that's kind of part of the problem. We don't have to get into the logistics of baseball, but I think I think that's like to, to it's such a hard sport to get talent up to the level that they need it to be that the length is required in order for for people that are in the minor leagues to get. 300 at bats under their belt before they're major league ready and done. No, I understand. But I, I I think it, I think it, uh, it's, it's a symptom of a larger problem with baseball. You'll never get, I I think they should cut it down to like 120 games and chop it, chop 40 off the top essentially, and make some of them more meaningful you know, a lot of these like unnecessary. Oh, we're gonna have interleague play, which is fucking stupid, and nobody cares about. Um, just get rid of all that stuff and have the AL be the AL, NL be the NL, and and play with different rules. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's, I get that. Here's my big thing. Have you ever been to a weekday July game at noon? Because yes. that motherfucker is done in an hour and 50 minutes and no one cares. The players, the fans, the umps, everyone's just like, fuck, we got to just get out of here. Like everything is a strike guys. I'm going to call a strike on every pitch. You're the just, sun is, the sun is straight above us. They're like, <laughs> let's, get, let's get out of here. You're melting. The fans literally don't care. They're, they're not going to cheer no matter what you do. And <laughs> we are just going to get out of here. so we can just go have some fun. And those games are just a waste of everyone's time. So I, I am the person, I, it will never happen because the, the dollar is so important. Uh, but I think that every season is too long. Baseball season is just disgusting. Uh, basketball, we're like, well, they play defense in college and they don't play defense in the pros. It's like, yeah, the pros play three times as many games. That's why. Mm. If we played twice a week in the pros, they'd play really fucking good defense every game. And, you know, <laughs> and they also would like, can shoot. So, yeah, right. Uh, wins spring training. I don't care about anything. Um, I'm hoping that Buxton doesn't get hurt and Donaldson doesn't like pull his muscle in his leg again or whatever he does every week. Uh, that's all I'm worried about. Uh, is there anything that we should be paying attention to, Ryan, or anyone you're excited to see? I mean, you know, we've talked about Kirilov. We've talked about Trevor Larnick. We've we've talked about. Potentially Nick Gordon, uh, Royce Lewis is out now for a while, but um, really it's the bullpen, which is the it, the bullpen is the O line of Major League Baseball, right? It's the least sexy guys. It's the least important like um, popularity players on the team. Uh, we just recently had a guy who's suspended for the entire year that we traded for last year for like domestic violence. Um, so he's, he's done for a full season. Um, so I, I, I feel like, you know, the bullpen, you know, Taylor Rogers struggled last year. We lost Trevor May. Um, we're going to roll it, roll the dice back with some of the, some of the old guard from last season and hopefully they can, uh, make an impact. You know, the bullpen games is a new thing. Um, I don't think that's just going to be a COVID season. Um, thing that happens they're going to give starters an extra day of rest throughout the entire entirety of the season um, to try and keep them healthy long term um, I think the offense will be fine pitching is going to be in my opinion a big question mark as always with the twins um, yeah so are you guys pl- hoping that they open up the stadium I, I saw some fucking loser 
uh, Minnesota politician was putting a bill forward to say that the Twins should play their games in Wisconsin so that fans can be there. Ugh, just shut the fuck up. Oh, God. What an attention. I hate the attention-grabbing politics. Like, stop. Ugh. Was his name Marjorie Taylor Green? Yeah, I think that was his name. Um, yeah, I can't deal with it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that at some point in the summer people are all vaccinated. Um, I like that the that the like thirty percent of the country who refuses to get vaccinated is also the thirty percent of the country demanding we open everything up. Right. So go get vaccinated, oh, yeah. and then we can all go to baseball games. Um. Well, I think they're going to even for the opener, they're going to try to have some twenty percent attendance or something like that. So I think that there will there will be some tickets sold, and that should only go up. I hope. I think sporting events throughout the year are going to get more and more people. I think by the time the NFL comes around, their plan is to have full stadiums, but people will wear masks. Is my guess. And that's fine. Um, you know, at the Super Bowl, everybody kind of assumed it was going. Well, it's in Florida, so it, everyone assumed it was going to be mishandled. And it was going to be a super spreader event and the data is in and says they did a pretty good job and it wasn't a huge spreading event. So, um, and that wasn't packed. They didn't sell every seat. I don't think. Right. I mean, if you look in the stands, there were some gaps, but you know, I think if you do it right, you can have some events and I hope that they do. All right, guys, let's move on to the Minnesota wild. So the wild are have a thing right now where they constantly are blowing two goal leads. Um, yesterday they played against the Phoenix the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know which one they are. Phoenix Coyotes. It's, it's Arizona. Arizona Coyotes. Same thing. Um, they play against them. They were up two nothing. They lost five to two. So they've got this thing where they jump on teams and then they're fading as the game goes on. Hopefully, it's not a trend throughout the whole year. But over the last week, it's kind of put a damper on what has looked like a really good season so far. But Kaprizov is making me fall back in love with the NHL, and it's because he is just a special player. This guy is moving at a different speed. He is an absolute fantastic, absolutely fantastic player. Um, he's, I don't think he'll ever be the big time goal scorer that we've been dying for. Um, but that doesn't matter because he's a points machine. His passing is sublime. He is constantly putting people in position to score goals. He's going to run away with the rookie of the year. And I just, I think he's like making the wild fun again. And they haven't been in like a long time. Mm-hmm. He's what everyone hoped Mikhail Grandlin was going to be, except he's doing it in the first like 30 games of his NHL career. Mm-hmm. And he's electric. I, I said it last week. I'm going to keep saying this. The Wild do not have good enough players around him. Otherwise, his points would be even better because he's putting passes on guys sticks and they're just not ready for it. Like that, like he's so much better than most of the players on the team, except for maybe two or three guys that their, their inability to finish on passes that he makes is making his stats go down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that it's like, it's like a receiver that like can't catch a deep ball from cousins, right? He, he keeps dropping them. And so like, Oh, that goes down as an incompletion against cousins. Mm-hmm. But realistically that wasn't on him. It, uh, he's that good. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the, the retro jerseys are uh, also electric. They're incredible. They're so beautiful. It's funny that we're like emulating a team that is our former team that it still exists in the NHL, uh, but I don't care. I want more of it. Kaprizov in the green and gold is everything I need in the NHL right now. Uh, is this something you guys are tuning into like during the week? Yeah, I actually am. I'm turning the game on. Hey, I had a question the other day, and I'm curious. Did this? Okay, so they're the Adina colors, right? The the kind of this same exact green and gold. Like, did Adina grab that from the North Stars, or did they have it before? Like, what's the order here? Who's biting off whose style? That's maybe homework. That's pod homework if we don't know. Boy, boy. Hey, high school, Who had Eric, the green high, and gold high school teacher Eric needs to – high school history teacher Eric needs to dive deep into the lore of Minnesota high school hockey colors. Eric, you're a high school history teacher. How do you not know the history of high schools? <laughs> it's in your job title. No, but check it out. I'm curious who who had it first because 
I mean, it does look similar, yes, but is it just North Stars, or is it like they took it from Edina or what? So we need to get to the bottom of that. We can continue on. I'm almost there. Um, so <laughs> the North Stars came about 18 years after Edina High School. Right, but did Edina High School have those colors then? I'm sure they had those colors, but I don't know if they were a power in hockey for it to make a difference. But it could, so it could be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence. I'm not sure. I'll have to do a little research. But that would also be the most Edina move of all time. It'd be like, well, we're just going to adopt the North Star colors. Well, right. We're that and that good. happens all the time. Good. I mean, that happens yeah. now. Schools start up and they'll be like, well, we're just going to take like the Atlanta Falcons sure. like logo and colors. You know, yeah. they, they just do whatever. All right, so uh, let's move on to the Timberwolves while I ponder that a little bit. Um, Timberwolves are the worst team in the league. They are absolutely not fun to watch. Um, They're also the officially the worst team in all of sports ever. American team sports, they have the worst winning percentage of all time. Only we, after – so who who did we just pass? Was it the Tampa the Bay Bucks. Buccaneers? Yeah, who just Bucks. fucking won the Super Bowl. So, Tampa like – Wins. We're clearly like miles worse than them. Oh, they have two titles. We have none. We have two playoff. They have as many titles as we have playoff series wins. Right. This team is an absolute embarrassment. And we heard more this week about uh, Glenn Taylor finally selling the team. He said that there's like 10 offers on the table right now. None seem to be of what he's looking for. Um, also, uh, he said that Kevin Garnett never put an offer forth. And I have to say that I actually. I'm kind of happy to hear that. Like, I like Kevin Garnett, but I, like, I, I think the best case scenario would be like the Wilps by them mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. Or we like did this. I mean, we talked about this. Uh, um, you know, who we want to see come in and buy the team, and that's when we thought it was going to happen. And we did this eight months ago. Maybe we talked about this, and nothing has changed. So, well, I, hope so I think that... just just a just a slight correction to what Eric said. I don't think it's that there's 10 offers on the table. I think that there are 10 groups that are seriously interested enough in buying the Timberwolves that they've been going like over the last eight months, they've been going through their due diligence and that the, the prospect of an offer and an acceptance and all of that is starting to move forward a little bit quicker. Like, you know, these things take time. Like these are, these are large, like multi-billion dollar deals and there's got to be a red tape, just a million miles long. So I would assume that the people that are seriously interested in this and are, are, are willing to, to, to put forth a lot of money are getting closer and closer to making official offers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. guys, I have to tell you what I'm hoping for. Um, I'm hoping that the Timberwolves are purchased by uh, Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich. Me too. Who will, who will literally just dump his uh, ever-growing wealth into them having good people. Uh, they will probably be completely erratic and sometimes will be epically good and sometimes will be frustratingly bad. They will make decisions um, way too quickly. They will we'll have, a, we'll have a new head coach every two years. They'll fire people, trade people, buy people. They'll do whatever they have to do so that not only will they be competitive, but they will also be um, like fun, like soap opera fun, uh, but mm-hmm. the way that you would at least appreciate as a fan. And officially, that would mean that the team will now be known as the Minnesota Leso Volki. Which is Timberwolves. Timberwolves and Rams. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what I was hoping. There we go. Melissa Volke, give me a shirt. Get it Russian. I'm all about it. Bring in Roman, Roman Abramovich. But in reality, bring in anyone because Glenn Taylor is the worst owner of the worst franchise. It is time to go. The dude literally owns parking lots all over Minneapolis. Like that's his thing. Parking lots like like lame parking lots, like <laughs> slabs of concrete that you have to like put a like five dollar bill in. With like your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's funding the, the Rosa salary. I love it. Yeah. Um, also, the thing I found really interesting about the Timberwolves is that they're terrible, um, but there is a reason for them not to be terrible. Uh, they've traded away their pick. It's top three protected this year. It's not protected next year. So if for whatever reason we end up with the top three pick this year, which is please, please, if there is a sports God, please sports God, 
let us have this top three pick this year because it's supposed to be a loaded draft. Mm-hmm. Can't lose fourth or fifth pick an amazing draft to um, the Warriors. And it, it, wouldn't it just make sense that the Warriors get the fourth pick in the draft and they take Minnesota's own um, Jalen Suggs and he's like a superstar? Oh, <laughs> that would actually make a lot of sense. And in fact, now that's what I think is going to happen. I mean, like, that's just how it's cursed they are. Too, too, too to be, like, too realistic. But, dude, we've seen so many times. We've had a lot of, of number one overall draft picks on this team in the last few years. Who is that one guy that's just not even in the league anymore? We had him for a minute. Um, we had Anthony big, Bennett. Anthony Bennett. And then we had Wiggins. Bennett, and then we had Towns. Uh, Cavs. Right, I know. But I'm just saying we've had a bunch of number ones on our team. Michael Canby, Joe Smith. Um, uh, we don't need to go back into he, he wasn't He wasn't the number one, but we had Darko for a minute. Darko Milicic. Number two. Yeah. We had, and they've uh, all done nothing. And, you know, honestly, even Cat is a fucking disappointment at this point. And it's like until we get a culture of winning, everybody's going to look like a loser. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's the truth. Now, what I was going to say, what I find so interesting about it is we're the worst team in the league. We're just terrible. Like, impossible mm-hmm. to even watch. Every oh, time it's I, so gross to watch. Disgusting to watch. Timberwolves on, I'm like, I'm going to watch Timberwolves for a little bit. They're in this game. And then, like, within three minutes, they've given up 12 straight points. I just turn mm-hmm. it off. Um, yeah. they turnover, turnover, just trash. They're trying to be buyers in the, in the trade market this year, which I find very interesting. They want a power forward to pair with Towns, like a guy who's like a two-way power forward who could defense. Um, the guys, the names that they keep talking about are Aaron Gordon, the shitty power forward from the Orlando Magic that I want nothing to do with. Um, nope. John Collins, the very versatile future free agent power forward from the Atlanta Hawks, who I really would like a lot. Yes, and great. Uh, John Nance Jr. Or is that name John? Larry, Larry Nance. Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. Um, the power forward slash center from the Cavs, uh, who's like a high energy kind of guy who's very. Good. I'm fine with him. Yeah. Collins. I mean, Jim Collins is like would be amazing. Collins is the one I want, and I would actually be willing to give up something for Collins. And Collins's camp came out this week and said we are very interested in playing next to Carl Anthony Towns. How okay. many NBA players have ever said? I would like to go to the Timberwolves. I mean, I think Russell said that because of Carl. I will never forgive Russell for depleting our entire franchise of of assets. And we literally had him on a goddamn helicopter ride above Minneapolis trying to get him to sign with us. And then he was like, nah, I'm going to go make the absolutely idiotic move to sign with the Warriors. And then in a couple months, you guys are going to have to burn all of your assets to sign me. And no, that, that was trash. You're right. You're right. So Collins would be great. I think that for Collins, though, you'd have to give up some, like, win-now pieces and some future pieces. I think you'd have to give up Beasley, which would suck. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to give up, like, McDaniels, which would suck. And I think you'd have to give up at least a first in the future, which would suck. So I think you'd yeah. have to you think a core of Bennett, Russell, Collins – Towns, Culver, Kogi, you know, it's kind of a fun core of your team. So I don't know. I don't know why they think they should be buyers. If anything, they should be sellers. They should be like, will anyone take Russell's contract? Do you guys want Towns for like a billion picks and pick swaps? Do you want anyone that's not named Anthony Bennett? Nothing is nailed to the floor. It's literally a fire sale like it always is because we're always on rebuild mode. You mean Anthony Edwards. You said Bennett a couple times. Edwards, yeah, you said Bennett. Yeah. It's been a long time. We know who you're talking about. It's all good. Anthony Edwards, I don't want Anthony Bennett. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I don't Neither know. do the Hawks. <laughs> Neither do the Hawks. Um, all right, guys. We'll move on to the Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings had a big move this week as they um, predictably cut Kyle Rudolph, who's been with the team for 10 years. He's the all-time receptions and touchdowns leader for tight end, probably the greatest tight end in franchise history. He's gone. Um, I'm sure they would have kept him for a very nominal salary, but that was not going to happen. Uh, what did you guys think of the way that they handled this? And uh, did this move sadden you at all? Um, I think they handled it just fine. Um, you know, maybe if you're Kyle Rudolph, you're a little upset that they asked you to restructure last season and then cut you anyway. 
So maybe you missed out on a few dollars there, but I don't, I don't foresee Kyle Rudolph having an issue catching on with another team anywhere. Um, I think there are probably 20 teams that would take a Kyle Rudolph like player and integrate him seamlessly into their offense. One of them being the green Bay Packers, which is super unfortunate. And the only reason I say that is that like, it makes sense from like geographically, like his kids go to school here, you know, uh, he wouldn't have to travel that far. Um, you know, he could commute very easily back and forth between, you know, Wisconsin and the twin cities, or maybe it's the bears, but they've got Cole Komet who I think they like. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think Kyle knew it was happening because, you know, they released him and then he had a 2000 word essay on the players tribune posted 30 minutes later after the announcement was made. So I think, you know, everyone kind of knew what was happening. So I think it was handled well. Um, he's well-respected. I think he'll end up in the ring of honor at some point. Um, you know, is surely missed for his productivity and, and for his, uh, productivity on the field and then also off the field. Like, you know, he's, he's probably well-known as well-known for both, uh, overall. Yeah. Big, uh, big, um, charity guy, big philanthropy guy, big, um, you know, community service guy, really, really involved with the children's, um, hospital. So yeah, he's a great guy and he will be missed, but I think everybody saw it coming, including him. Did you read his entire statement? No, I read like, I read to the first break and I'm like, holy shit, this thing's three times long. So I did not read the whole thing, but I, I mean, he's, he's a good guy. And one of those things that, Hey, He's going to go somewhere and you wish him the best. You want to know who was not mentioned in his Players Tribune essay? I just heard that Kirk was not mentioned, but I don't know why he would be. I mean, he's talking about, he was talking about 10 years of the Vikings, not, I don't know what, I mean, that's recency bias to go on and on about Kirk Cousins, who he's been playing with for a couple years. So, Um, I'm not sad to see Kyle go. He had a great career here. His time was up. It's the NFL. That's how it works. He may have stayed around if there wasn't a pandemic and the salary cap wasn't, you know, falling by thirty million or whatever it is. Um, but in interesting news, the Vikings were up against it. They're actually the ninth worst cap situation in the NFL. Um, the good news is is that there's actually seven teams in the NFC with worse cap space than the Vikings. Seven, okay. sixteen are worse than the Vikings. The Vikings are in the middle of the pack of the NFC even though they're in the bottom fourth of the NFL. And they are actually yeah. best of the NFC North teams as the Lions, Bears, and Packers are all directly below them with the less cap space than the Vikings have. So they're in a bad right. spot, but they're not in a terrible spot. They're feeling good enough that they signed Stephen Weatherly, um, who had signed as a free agent with the Panthers, played a year there. He's a former Viking. He signed a deal that with incentives could go up to $3 million. So they don't seem to be too concerned about where they're at with cap stuff. Um, signing him. They made a few cuts outside of Rudolph with some guys who didn't really play on the team. Um, but there are going to be some other cap casualties or some major restructuring of contracts at this point. And they're going to have to make some serious decisions. So Harrison Smith most likely um, will get some sort of extension. I don't know if he'll have to take a pay cut. Um, he'll have to take a pay cut maybe in year one and maybe get more in year two. Um, Anthony Harris is absolutely gone from the team. There's no chance he comes back. And they're going to have to make a big decision with Anthony Barr and uh, Eric Wilson. Um, they pretty much are going to play the same position. Wilson is a free agent. Barr is one of, like the third highest paid player on the team. I I think Barr is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I think so too. That's what it sounds like. He came out and said, no way, I'm not restructuring. And I think that was him saying, I guess I'm going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Eric Wilson is like 98% of Anthony Barr and probably like a third of the price. Yeah. And and now also we're going to have to probably reset on all of our special teams players as well. Like Dan Bailey is going to be gone. Cole Quitt's going to be gone. I don't know who he had as long snapper after the Air Force guy, but who cares? Uh, doesn't matter. See all of them. Don't, doesn't yeah. Matter. I mean, I think, what is that? Like, that's got to be like 5 million in cap space too. And then that gets us close. 
but I think in order to, you know, sign some of our rookie guys, there's going to be another casualty. Uh, Riley Reef is also a possibility um, just from a, like Eric said, I think Riley Reef might be like the fourth highest played player on the Vikings or he, he's top five, like, uh, and he's our best, he's our highest paid old lineman. That's for sure. Um, well, the big thing is so, that the players have to weigh, all right, what can I get in free agency? And this year, the answer is going to be very little because there's going to be a ton of veteran free agents, like good ones that are going to get paid jack shit on one. It's, year it's, it's going to be like baseball where it's going to be a lot of one-year deals. Everyone's going to get a one-year deal this year and everyone yeah. want a one-year deal because no one has money. Um, the Vikings are negative money. Um, nine teams in the NFL are negative. Um, 15 teams have under $7 million of cap space right now (laughs) based on the new salary cap. So what that means is there's going to be lots of clever restructures where they're going to um, push money to the future. They're going to say, Hey guy that we really want to re-sign next year. Well, how about you re-sign this year? We give you a big raise and most of it comes in years three and four, and we'll give you a bunch of guaranteed money and you are going to help us out in this year. And that will be fine. Guys will happily do that. Anyone looking for a new big deal will do that. Teams know this is the NFL. There's massive TV deals. And as soon as fans start coming back into stadiums, their money is going to come right back. The salary cap could jump as much as 30 or $40 million next year. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of like really creative cap stuff. And I did hear one quote where someone said, if you think your team's in cap trouble, they're probably not because the NFL salary cap is like nailing jello to a wall. Like it just isn't a thing. Like you can yeah. manipulate it however you want to. It doesn't really exist. You can get as creative as you want. You can cut whoever you want. The the Saints went into the offseason um at 102 million dollars over the salary cap this year. 102 million dollars over. They've got it down to about 60 million in a few weeks. Just on cutting a few guys, not having a couple guys back, restructuring a few guys. They've Drew Brees retiring. Yeah, he hasn't officially retired. He's he's posting videos of his cross training and. Uh, I, think, I think I think they're play, I think they're planning on the eighty six and that from the books pretty quickly. I think that they feel like they can't say no to him. Which is hilarious, and I love so that. Funny. It's so funny. They they literally will not win a super or a, a playoff game with him ever again. Yeah. And they love that, and we know that, and everyone does. But I also feel like they feel like they cannot say no to him, and that they just are going to have to like do what Drew Brees says. Well, what's what's Plan B? Jameis Winston? Like I, I, I would way rather have Jameis Winston at this point than Drew Brees. Like way more. Do you the remember? The dude eats W's for breakfast. It's unbelievable. Do you remember what happened? Was it um? Gosh, what was their playoff game this year? Jameis Winston came in and threw like a fifty-yard touchdown pass, and then they yeah out for Drew Brees to lose the game. <laughs> well, and then and then Teddy two seasons ago <clears throat> coming in for a hurt Drew Brees and led him on like a what four or five game win streak. Yeah, no. And in our playoff game with them two years ago, when everyone every Minnesota fan was like, "Oh my gosh, Taysom Hill is killing us. How are we going to stop Taysom Hill?" And it was like. Literally, Mike Zimmer's plan was like, sure, let Taysom Hill try to beat us. Like, that's fine. Just don't let Michael Thomas and Elvin Kamara beat us and we'll be just fine. You know? Yeah. So, okay. So, Eric, real talk. What? So, let's say Riley Reef is like, knows a restructure. Daniil Hunter is going to get paid. Anthony Barr is like, no. Kirk's got a $45 million cap hit coming next season. Um, Harrison Smith says no. Like, what, 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 what would be the most likely first two moves of the Vikings if, if in the worst case scenario, everyone's like, nope, you signed me to a contract and I'm holding to it. I think that in the NFL, if you can get guaranteed money, you are going to take it, especially with the uncertainty that they have right now, and especially guys that are north of thirty. I think almost all of those guys have real incentive to go grab the money. Um, I think Anthony Barr saying he won't restructure means he's gone. Um, they will have to pay $8 million in dead money on Barr, which sucks. But instead of his $17 million salary, you know, saving 8 to $9 million on him just seems too logical, especially if – Is he- there – and is there offset language? 
in these contracts that say if Anthony Barr gets a job, then the Vikings don't owe that money? No? They still have to pay it. That's okay. all, all the guarantees you have to pay. Um, okay. So that would hurt, but it would help. So I think he's going to be the first guy that would go. Um, I think Reef. I mean, Reef and his agent have spent the last two months talking to every team, and they have probably some idea of what he could get for a one-year deal. And it's just going to be how close could he get to what the Vikings would like him to take as a pay cut. I think Reef will come back to the team on a smaller deal, more than he could have got on the market. There, The Vikings, um, if you guys saw this last year, he didn't reach the amount of snaps to get his $1 million bonus. They, yeah, they gave him that. They gave it to him. Because they were like, buddy, we need you to take a pay cut. We're going to give you a million dollars on last year's on last year's salary. So, I think that the the players know that there's real serious uncertainty, and that guys are going to be left without jobs. And so, I think that the teams are probably in a pretty good position to negotiate here. Um, Cousins will never see forty five million as he has a ten million dollar dead dead cap. Um, if he's cut, they'd have to pay ten million to him to leave or he would restructure if they want him to stay. So I think Cousins, I'm not worried about that. Um, I think that between Barr, Reef, and probably a few uh, guys getting paid um, to stay, I think the Vikings will be fine. And I would expect them to go out in free agency and find a guard and like a better one than you would guess. Because there's going to be a whole pile of veterans that are like good quality starting NFL players that are going to get like one year, 3 million. And I just think that the, the smart teams are going to go out and fill a few holes with those guys. You're going to see some real contenders. You're going to see the chiefs. You're going to see the bucks. You're going to see the Packers. You're going to see the Vikings. You're going to see the, you know, the, the, the real teams that can contend are going to go out and get some sick deals on one year deals to bring in some of these bets. So I'm not worried about the cap. It just means that the offseason will be a little more boring than maybe the Vikings fans have been used to. In and you don't think Harrison Smith with a $0 negative cap hit is not going to be a casualty? You're not concerned about that? Very well. I think that like if they come to the table and he's like, I want to pay raise, I think they're going to be like, see ya. And I think that like if they could if they could give him two years $20 million, where the cap hit was $5 million in year one and 15 in year two, I think the Vikings would do that. And I think if he's like, I want $12 million a year for two years or three years, I think they're going to say, sorry, man. Like you're gonna have to I, just don't, I just don't see the deferred money working with Cousins at 45. And I know you're saying that's never going to happen, but let's say Cousins is like, I'm going to sit tight, and then they're going to have to cut him, but they still owe 10. Daniil's contract extension or or raise or whatever is gonna is gonna come dalvin's is coming you know, Justin. yeah but he's only making three he only made he's only gonna be like a three million guy like that's just gonna progressively go up yeah that um, was, yeah that, but that's already tied into what we have here and so i'm sure i all i'm saying is like a lot of these guys that have had like deferred pay raises initially are going to come to fruition and so like you can't just keep deferring and so I, I get I don't want to okay I've already made this segment too long by asking all of these questions I just have concerns over what the Vikings are trying to do and accomplish and let's talk about this once free agency gets a little bit further down the road. Here's my last thing: How worried are you about how good the Saints are going to be the next three years? Like, do you think they're going to be Zero. terrible? No. They're going to be a suitable team. Like they might not win the Super Bowl, but like and they're sixty million over the cap currently. Yeah, and they just like they just don't care. They're like we're a good franchise. Like we'll figure it out. If we have to get rid of someone. We will. We'll restructure and we'll keep kicking. They call it kicking the can down the road. They're just going to keep sure. And like the cap right. keeps going up. I just I I just am not going to worry about the cap at this point because I don't think that the Vikings are even worried about it. And it's not our money, right? Definitely not our money. All right, um, last thing, guys. Champions League, um, we would like to talk soccer because we love soccer. And if you would like um, to hear about the Premier League, um, we could all go in different directions. Ryan's team is red hot. Chelsea, with their new manager, Thomas Tuchel, has looked good. Um, He plays some strange lineups and maybe not some of the players that Ryan and other Chelsea fans want to see, but they've looked really good. Uh, Gareth Bale and the Spurs. Bale is scoring goals like it's 2014. And they're right back in the mix. 
Leicester City is running out of players and they're falling and tumbling down the table. Uh, Jim's team has lost their mojo. They have no confidence. If they give up one goal, it seems like the game is over. Um, he usually Arsenal, is. Arsenal, my team, uh, is snake bitten by themselves by giving up just absolutely stupid, ludicrous goals left and right, if not if not red cards and penalties. And when things are going right, they seem snake bit by VAR. Uh, mm-hmm. Man City has run away with the league, but they lost to their bitter rivals, Man United, to end their total um, winning streak at, uh, I believe, 20, 19 games. 19, I think, yeah. They haven't been down. They haven't been losing the entire time, which is just an insane stat. Um, so the league is pretty much over at this point. I, I don't think anyone is in the vicinity of catching City. Um, the big drama will be like relegation, but even there. Well, now with now with 10 matches left, yeah. Um, I think Newcastle is the only team um, who could fall into the relegation zone at this point that isn't in there currently. Um, so things are, 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 you know, pretty well settled there. But the Champions is uh, something that we want to talk about. Um, have you guys been watching the, uh, what is it called now? Paramount, is that what it is? Paramount Plus? Yeah. It was, I don't CBS, have, it was CBS All Access, but yeah. But. So you've had some electric games um, that have happened in recent weeks here. Uh, in the last round, uh, you're going into the final leg of everything. Um, so all the games are halfway done. And at this point, the Premier or the, the PL teams, the English Premier League teams, are absolutely holding serve here. They're doing well. Chelsea over Atletico Madrid, one nothing. Man City over Mönchengladbach, 2-0. Uh, Liverpool over Red Bull Leipzig, 2-0. Uh, three teams left in the final 16. I thought there were four, but there's three. All three of them look like they're going to move on. Is the Premier League just that far beyond everyone that's not named Bayern Munich at this point? I think the only thing I will say is that given the fact that the Premier League is the toughest league in the world, and I don't care what anybody from Syria or the Bundesliga or league, uh, sorry, La Liga says, the Premier League is the hardest league to play in. And I think that that bodes well for a Champions League style tournament in terms of success. Liverpool was on a bad run. Like they they had been in the midst of like starting this home losing streak and they came out and absolutely bullied RB Leipzig mm-hmm. on the road um to nothing and it probably should have been four. Like it, it was an absolute like drubbing by it was like and watching then they go back Liverpool to the Premier League and can't win a game. You know, it's funny. So I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to continue to march through this tournament the way they're playing now, but it was it was funny. Like, yep, play somebody outside of the Premier League and get the dub. Yeah, and I think City's going to run away with theirs. Um, I don't know. I, I think Chelsea has a little bit tougher task. We can't score goals that well. So, you know, Atletico, we, we only have one away goal so that, you know, if Atletico scores, then that's all, like, out the window. So um, we'll see with that. Uh, but I, I I feel like all of the Premier League teams have a, a good chance of moving forward. So just right now, I mean, the, the, the rounds could all go either way. But right now it looks pretty set that the final eight teams will be, um, I mean – Probably is Juve is Juve going to lose? <laughs> I think that they'll make it. That was the one I was going to say. They're down two one, but they're uh, they got the way goal, so one nothing home win would put them through. Um, so yeah. I think they're probably still the favorites. Dortmund will will most likely beat Sevilla, especially pumping in three goals on the road. It's going to be hard to beat them. Um, PSG is four road goals over Barcelona. That that thing is that's over. Liverpool two road goals against uh, Leipzig. So I think you'll have Dortmund, Liverpool, PSG, and Juventus from the first four games. And then next week's games, Real Madrid up one zip with a road goal. Man City up two zip with two road goals. Uh, Bayern Munich up 4-1 with four road goals. Chelsea up one zip with a road goal. The road teams dominated round one. And that was that. that is really sh- saying something because those were the, the eight teams that won their, um, their group play round, right? Yeah. And so yeah. seven of them won on the road in the first round, not even Drew, 
outright won on the road in the first one, really showing that the cream has risen to the top from those group stage games already. Um, and so I think it's setting up for a, a super exciting, uh, you know, final eight teams. The heavy favorites to win this thing are Man City and Bayern Munich. And that's Pep's old team versus Pep's current team. And if I don't like Bayern Munich and I don't like Man City, but just as a, a fan of sports, that is the game I most want to see. Like, there, I just don't know if soccer can get better in 2021 than Munich versus City. I would love Chelsea versus Dortmund. Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> versus Portland. Tuchel's old team versus Tuchel's new team. Um, I yeah, I, I think that uh, you know it's going to get down to some of these really big teams. It's going to all depend on draws and the types of matchups uh, that exist. Um, but uh, you know, I, I really have a hard time thinking that anyone's going to take down Bayern Munich um, before we get to the final at least. Yeah. But, and let's also just, even with a two, nothing lead, a three, two lead on aggregate, the champions league has a lot of things in store that are going to shock people. And Liverpool was an absolute recipient of that notion. Who was it that they played? Was it Barcelona? Yeah. Oh, just Barcelona. The, the 4 oh, nothing comeback at home. Yeah. Craziest soccer game I've ever had, like, stakes in, you know? Literally, that's one of the craziest soccer matches I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. Amazing. So if you want to know what the advanced metrics say about the Premier League here and where they rank, this is their current odds to win the Champions League. Ryan, I think you're going to like this, and I think, James, you're going to like to hear this, too. Um, mm-hmm. Juventus is in eighth place, right? So there's 16 teams left. I'm just going with the eight most likely teams. Juventus in eighth place. They're losing currently, so that's probably why they're so far down. In seventh is Dortmund. In sixth is PSG. In fifth is Real Madrid. In fourth is Liverpool. The absolutely floundering Liverpool they have as their fourth most likely to win the whole thing. In third is Chelsea, who is by all measures having a disappointing year based on maybe what they spent. And they're the third favorites to win the biggest competition in the world. That's um, where we want to be. That's right where we want to be. Second <laughs> is Bayern Munich, who I still think is probably the best team in the world. And then first, um, by quite margin, is, is Man City. So three mm-hmm. of the four most likely teams are from the Premier League. The Premier League is not hit like everyone else was by the pandemic. It shows by the strength of these squads. So um, lots to watch for, lots of fun. We're going to get some answers this week and next and we'll get down to the final eight. We'll talk about it again at the next draw. So that's it. That's all the time we have here on the Northeast Podcast. Go back, check out our previous episode, which was amazing. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all the time we have this week. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, your best friends in the whole world, the Northeast Podcast. Until next week. Peace.